Hey guys, Geo here. Another episode, Geocast 20. Um, yeah, as always, lots of interesting things going on. As I'm sure, there's also always lots of interesting things going on in your world too. Um, and yeah, just super grateful for those who reach out and say hi and connect and, um, you know, that just connected with something in the podcast or had something to share or a different perspective. And if you're not, if we're not connected, um, please let's connect, um, on Instagram at elemental geo. You can also follow elemental rhythm. That's our breathwork, um, page on Instagram. And if you like this podcast, I'd super appreciate it. If you um, left a comment or a review, I think it's a review, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or whatever, um, that'd be awesome. And I'm super grateful. So what's going on? Um, I'm actually going back to Rhythmia on Sunday. I'm really excited about that. Um, doing a lot of recording and music and just dialing it in. Uh, I'm going to talk about a few different things today. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure what my, what my intention is this week at Rhythmia. You know, I've been thinking a lot about going back to Canada. We're going back at the end of April to visit family and friends. And uh, we don't yet have a return flight booked here. And it's like the first time I'm really feeling kind of sad, you know, like, um, obviously there's things to love in Canada and there's things that I'm not so looking forward to. And obviously there's so many things to love here in Costa Rica. And the more we're here, the more it feels like roots are being planted. And it's interesting because like, you know, I shared that story that one time when I met um, that guy, uh, I think his name is Tim. I have to send him a message actually. Maybe I'll send him a live message on here. And maybe he'll respond. <laughs> Anyways, this guy that I met at a food show once, like he looked me in the eyes. He said, yeah, man, like your kid's education is in your hands. Whatever you put them through or expose them to, like they have no choice at this point. This is when I was living in Canada and then I'm like finally down here. And actually someone connected me with him. I haven't reached out to him yet. But um, I'm actually really feeling that now. Like I'm not happy with the way things are going in Canada and at least down here, no one really cares. Everyone's pretty much free to do their own things. Like a Pura Vida lifestyle kind of thing. So I'm kind of feeling that. And um, yeah, still really not sure where home is going to be long term. Um, but I see the change in my family. I see like my wife is really starting to adjust here. You know, right when you come to Costa Rica, for anyone thinking about coming, and if you are interested in coming, you know, we're looking at building a small community here in the next little while. So if that's of interest, um, we're looking for people who are leaders, people who are into health and wellness and consciousness or have, or coaches or anything like that, please reach out. But the first time here, you know, it's such a culture shock. You know, the rainy season is crazy and power goes off and there's no like Amazon or no Starbucks. And, you know, once you kind of get over all that and you get accustomed to the way things are here and you start really building this amazing community of people, it becomes harder and harder to leave you start seeing the difference to like what life was like in Canada, what we got used to and, you know, all those things you take for granted. But now we're really starting to see this kind of shift and the kids are kind of like, oh, I'm going to miss Costa Rica and they still miss all the things in Canada too. So it'd be an interesting trip for us for sure to go back. Not sure yet, you know, there's a lot of trips planned, like short ones back and forth. But um, I think this is the year we got to make a decision um, where it's going to, where it's going to be. So just really feeling into that, but strong, like when I meditate on it, it's like, yeah, Costa Rica is the place to be uh, for sustainability, for building community. You know, I used to really 
really like be in fear of like, oh, like, you know, I want to grow my own food and, you know, all things are happening to the food supply now and things they're putting in food and just having that security, you know, know, systems break down. But I also trust that no matter what happens, that we'll be able to figure it out. Um, But why not, instead of building that out of fear, just build it out of like joy and like try to build something that's like not fear-based, but because you really want to do it. And I love gardening and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to create something here that's tied in it's a lot of community. Um, and who knows? Maybe there's that back in Canada too. Just worried about the winter season. And, you know, I... I well, what, I, what I'm about to share is kind of like pure, pure... Can be seen as like conspiracy, not proven, anything like that. But I found it interesting. Um, you know, back in the day, I was really into conspiracy theories. Like when I had first had my first awakening, I guess. It started with fear and just diving deep into a lot of things that many of them at that point seemed like very unlikely and now more and more so seem to be somewhat true. I think the truth is never absolutely on one side or the other, um, somewhere in the middle. And, you know, it was this apparently ex-army guy and they were talking about Project Looking Glass. And apparently it was this project where some of these, um, if you want to call it deep state or you know, the people who run the world had this, this thing, and I don't know if it was a computer, advanced computer program or something else, but it was called Project Looking Glass, like through the looking glass, like Alice in Wonderland. Um, and basically they would put scenarios into it from my understanding and with high degree of certainty would predict the outcome. You know, there's a lot of proof about how like the CIA controls the narrative and TV and I don't trust anything on the news anymore. It's almost like when they say something on the news, I got to question, you know, both sides of it to see what they're trying, their angle is. That's just me. Um, and so what this, what this would do is like, it would, if you're, if you can control the narrative and pretty much have the power and money to try to create these outcomes, they would know with certainty what would happen to a high degree of certainty, like 80, 90% apparently. What they found in the early 2000s was um, that after 2012, the program couldn't predict anymore. It it wasn't working. They thought it was broken. They brought an expert to come look and and he confirmed the same thing they were confirming. And what the way it was described was that all the timelines collapsed after 2012, meaning um, my interpretation of that is like either anything can happen or only one thing is going to happen, which is this kind of unity event which is like this mass awakening. And I don't know how long it's going to take. But obviously, in order to get there, things need to collapse first. You know, if you ever think about a transition, it's not like there's a flip that's going to, a switch is going to flip one day, even in your own life. Like, you know, you're going from where you are now to like your ideal perfect life. Like, in between that process of A to B, there's going to be like a change period where things fall apart. And so, you know, what it sounds like is like, no matter what anyone tries to do to control it, like this is happening. And I find it interesting because, you know, like, you know, you watch like things on like TV, like are people like trying to embed these messages or like movies? Like, do they know kind of what's happening? Are they trying to like reveal to us? Or is it just something embedded in the collective consciousness where there's awareness of what happened? And there's a part of of Matrix when you know, the machines are taking over the AI. It's funny because we're getting to AI now. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. You know, they go down into, um, oh, I can't remember what they call the underground city. Anyways, it's, it's a very biblical name that they have for it, but I can't remember. Um, 
and they say like this reset happened so many times it's happened already seven times before and they never kind of kill every single human they leave just enough so that they can respawn and build back up again and I personally believe like humanity's been around for way longer than we've been told maybe thousands of years more maybe hundreds of thousands maybe millions of years more we don't know like once once one thing is not true that means anything could be untrue um, and I think part of a control mechanism is keeping people out of the loop confused and so what I think happens is like humanity builds up to an inflection point and then it falls back down like anything in nature you know like how things grow um and they die and like certain like you know rabbits and foxes you know like the rabbit population will go up then it'll go back down it keeps this balance and then things evolve over time when the time is right or something needs to happen or change and so i feel like humanity you know our evolution as humans because obviously something broke free in, in on this planet as far as like consciousness you know that's different than animals and plants not better or worse just different and i feel like you know we'll keep growing to this point where you know it feels like we're at the greatest kind of duality maybe or maybe it's duality within or without or breaking from spirituality and there's this point to shift and the shift can happen into oneness or it can destroy again and go back and time is infinite and so with that in mind, it can happen as many times as it needs to until something shifts within all of us. And there are players on the good side, players on the bad side. And that's what holds this balance and this duality. It's like perfect mechanism to create this space where these things can happen. And so it feels like we're coming to that apex again um, at a time where I've seen many people are waking up and also we're at the most divisive and destructive time in modern history. Who knows what's happened before? You know, you hear about like story of Babel, the Tower of Babel, and how it was happened before. And maybe it's a cataclysm or a flood, or maybe it's, you know, world war, or maybe it's a disease. But I think this pattern just reoccurs like an algorithm, you know, like string theory type thing. And string theory is part of the Project Looking Glass and this algorithm that controls the nature of reality. And so anyways, the way he described it was like, there's two sides right now that are playing this out. And it's like two expert chess players playing and they both realize that the good guy has a bad guy in checkmate in about, you know, seven or eight moves. And it just has to get played out. And the only way that the good guy can lose is if he intentionally makes a mistake. Like for him to make a mistake, it's like one in a million. And so there's kind of these casualties of war that are happening right now during this shift, this power struggle. And, you know, maybe it may look like the financial system collapsing, you know, all these central banks going down crypto shifting, the healthcare getting totally revolutionized and all the truth coming forward about the greed and the profit and the war and, and like, you know, these intentional wars to make money and all that needs to come to the surface. And it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for many. But what happens after that is something that's very beautiful, I think, or we self-destruct and in Taoism, they talk about I think I mentioned this last time, the great calamity and how hard it is to have this great calamity because nature is always in balance and it's always maintaining balance and so hard to have a calamity. Things have to get really bad. But again, like maybe that calamity is the shift. Maybe it's the reset or maybe it's the um, transformative moment in human history. So 
you know, from that perspective, I think it's an amazing time to be alive. I think a lot of us chose to be here this time to witness this, whatever outcome it is, to witness um, that process for our soul and our spirit. It's like, how are you going to show up? You know, and, and I, I try not to focus too much on the macro side. Like, hey, like, there's a lot going on that I can't control. Like, how do I show up in my everyday life with my family, with my friends? I just continue to create that world that I want to see, that I want to live in. And, you know, in our, in our, our weekly, you know, calls and our breathwork coaching that we do, um, you know, a lot of things like fear come up, like what is fear? And like, there's, there's two types of fear, really. There's, you know, biological fear, which is like all the things in your reality that are presenting a present danger or threat. Like there's a tiger in your room or someone's coming at you with a knife. Yeah. Fear, you respond, um, you either freeze, fight or flight run away um, but then there's this emotional fear and that always happens in the future and the future is completely neutral always it's not good or bad because we don't know what the future holds but fear is a projection of your beliefs into the future that some kind of negative outcome is going to happen and that you worry about because something's happened to you in the past or you have a reason to believe that things are not right or not going the right way or something's going to happen as we kind of work on ourselves to kind of let go of that fear and belief and believe that anything is possible in the future, we can kind of let go of that fear. And the more we focus on the positive happening, the more we manifest. And I think that's why the media is so powerful because collectively it gets people to focus on these negative things. When all these people are focusing on it, what happens? We create it. So how do we start getting people to focus on the neutral future where anything is possible, including the perfect life of their dreams, my dreams, your dreams, and a collective dream for all of humanity, for unity, for abundance for sharing um equality in 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 the truest sense not in like this manufactured equality that we have now that's actually really divisive like helping each other being supportive being collaborative and i think humans ultimately want that i just feel that there are few sick people in the world that are just consumed with anger fear and greed and i really pray for them that they find their way and hopefully find their way to an ayahuasca ceremony or something like that and then anger is just also like someone who's wounded. You know, like someone who has a wound of being unseen, unheard, um, powerless, um, disrespected. When anyone triggers that wound, they feel anger. And when you express anger, it can be healthy or unhealthy. An unhealthy expression of anger is just going around and bullying and beating and destroying because you have this wound that you feel like you know maybe at some point in your life you're unseen unheard or your power was taken away um, but a healthy way would be if you're doing it to someone maybe to set a boundary or to let them know because what happens when you get angry you get loud so you can be seen and heard and you, you wave your hands or you fight um, so there there are healthy ways and unhealthy ways to express anger and in this world we live in right now I think there's a lot of unhealthy expression of anger. Um, but the shift to that is not more anger. It's more awareness. It's more healing and consciousness and people kind of setting an example, you know, of how to kind of lead from the heart. And I really feel like that's part of my mission and probably your mission too, if you're listening to this, is how do you lead more from the heart? How do you acknowledge when you make mistakes and how do you kind of course correct by becoming a living example of your truth? Um... 
And so I, I encourage you to think about that, like how you show up in the world and how you express yourself and what you're afraid of. And when you feel angry or frustrated, you know, are you, are you feeling that because you have a wound and can you go back and kind of like change your belief around that and see something different and the truth in yourself that maybe to be seen or heard, you don't need to get angry or win or beat others. You know, maybe there's a more healthier way of finding that need expressed. Um, and so <laughs> as I was walking on the beach the other day, uh, a funny insight came. It's like, when does the seeker stop seeking? When does the seeker stop seeking? When they finally find nothing. <laughs> when they finally find nothing. And if you think about it, you know, finding nothing is, is really not having the expectation. It's really not having the fear or the wounds around your beliefs about how things should be. And really being clear on just who you are. Because you'll find that within it's, and it's nowhere outside of you. But sometimes it takes a lot of a journey to have understanding, to see yourself, to see the mirrors, to realize the things you couldn't see and the untruths about the world and yourself. And to really let go of the idea of trying to control and understand everything and surrendering um, to this feeling of nothingness, of non-attachment. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it was a really funny joke. <laughs> I think I should make a meme about it or a cartoon. Uh, but it made a lot of sense to me. And I guess the last thing I'll chat about here as we're, we're coming to close is like AI. Like, wow, what an interesting thing that's really just exploding right now. If you haven't experienced AI, oh, I think everyone now has experienced AI, even knowingly or unknowingly. So... Um, in a lot of the businesses that I'm in, you know, people are using it for copy, for emails, for ads, for ideas, asking questions. And it's like this crazy tool because back in the day they thought robotics was going to replace all of the low level jobs and like, you know, jobs for like, I don't know, just like low level, low wage jobs. But what actually is happening is it's so smart, you know, it's going to replace a lot of jobs like for like, People who are writers, artists, design, like I think in five or 10 years, five years from now, the world's gonna be completely different. You know, like architects, engineers, like all of that, like a computer system, we'll be able to build it way more efficiently from the design to the square footage to multiple layouts to ordering all the material, like the power it has to like reduce cost and like streamline stuff is gonna be insane. And as all these systems start working together, you know, what happens to humans? what will happen to humans. And if I look at almost every industry, I'm like, wow, this thing is going to be super powerful. I think it's going to be more revolutionary than the internet itself. But at the same time, I think there'll become a, a saturation point is what I like to call it, where, you know, I think there's so many people on social media that want to be seen and heard and that want to, or have this idea that, you know, they're going to make money once they get all these followers and, be famous or get a following. Some people just like to browse because they're addicted to it as well. But as AI takes over, everything's going to be fake. Humans, very few humans are going to be able to do things as good as AI because it can copy humans. It can get the smartest human. It can know the best way to kind of create an ad or a video. Um, it'll make it look like you or someone who looks like you. And basically anything can be copied or knocked off with this AI. Um, and no one really know. Like, yeah, it might look like me, but they can make someone that looks... Similar to me, that sounds like me, that 
says the same things I do, but just do it better in its own way or mix it with someone else. Like, hey, let's get a mix of like Joe Rogan, Tony Robbins, and Geo and create something, content around these things, and it'll be able to create it. And so what, what happens is like, I think it's actually going to eventually push people away from the internet and technology because it just becomes so saturated. I think it'll be two things. Some will just get sucked right in and want to live in the metaverse, this fake reality. And the other side, I think it's going to push a lot of people away. Cause you're going to see like, Hey, like there's no point of doing this anymore. It's like boring almost like all the answers are here. Um, I don't need any of this. So then what's left, you know, is like the real in-person experiences. You know, and that's what, what I think, you know, there's going to be a big shift to. And if you're thinking of, you know, making a change because, you know, in five years your job may be irrelevant. It's like, how do you get involved in something that has real interactions with people? A wellness studio, becoming a coach, restaurants and food and travel and experiences. And I think that's going to be the last place that AI is going to be able to touch. I'm sure it'll help for like marketing and all those other things, but how do you become good in things that are human things that have empathy things that really create a human connection and that's kind of where like i'm really shifting my focus because a lot of things i do are already kind of there um and want to leverage that you know like ai can be a tool to make those better i'm sure and there's a lot of interesting ideas that i have around that but it's really doubling down on the fact that hey these are all these things like fitness working out cool experiences like that what's the in-person side of it that ai can't touch or it's going to have a hard time touching. Maybe eventually they build robots, but I think there's that something about that intuitive, empathetic human being that will never be replicated. And um, I encourage you to think about that because the next five years, the world's going to change. Um, whether you like it or not, it already is changing at a, at a crazy speed with this AI stuff. But I think everything in this reality is perfect. And however it's going to change, it's also going to create openings and destruct and push something far greater um, in humanity. So that's that's my belief. It was also interesting that when I look back, you know, what were all the things that the government really tried to shut down during COVID? It was all those types of businesses, restaurants, gyms, wellness centers, um, anything that was like, I felt that AI couldn't touch so they can, I think, let them fail and then have government control and all those things. And AI, social credit, looks like it's coming. This digital currency looks like it may be coming. But again, there's that inflection point where, you know, maybe we can stop it. Maybe it self-destructs. Maybe we just say no. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the world where people are pushing back, like in Lebanon and France. And it'll be interesting to see what happens here in North America, especially, um, and around the world. You know, as like there's this BRICS thing, that they're creating this new currency. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. You know, like... China being in control or the main superpower in the world. Yes, they're making peace, but they also have the most social credit systems and totalitarian rule. So lots to ponder on. I'm not sure what the answer is. Uh, I'm sure it'll unfold perfectly as it always does. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of these things because I know that I could be completely wrong. These are just some of the things I think and feel. And um, ultimately... I know in my heart that whatever happens here in this lifetime is going to be perfect. And when we go to the other side, <laughs> we look back and again, look at what a beautiful experience and ceremony this whole life was. It's like, again, drinking a cup of ayahuasca and then being born, experience life, and then come out of this. I'm like, wow, what an experience. Oh my God, let's do it again. <laughs> and then, you know, you go in the random calculator or you might pick it completely and say, okay, here's your experience. Go for it. Let's, let's, let's go through another round of school for the soul.
Gio here. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Please reach out. I'd love to hear from you guys and I will see you soon. Peace.